You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the he me 76 bringing us into another episode, episode 44, straight to the point. My name is Chris. Here are my guy, J-Dog. Yo, what's going on? Yo, we got to talk about the NBA Finals. Your boy, LeBron, wins his fourth ring and fourth Finals MVP. We got to talk about the Golden State Chiefs as they get another weapon to put on that loaded offense. We'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk about the, the league championship series in both the NL and AL. And we'll talk about the NBA coaching carousel that's still going on. Your boy Ty Lu gets a job. They took your man's Chelsea Billups off of TV. Doc making moves in Philly. So it looks like we're going to have a lot to talk about. Where do you want to get started first, J-Dub? Oh, man, we got to talk about these finals. The Lakers finally beat the Heat after what we thought was going to be a game five destination ended up being a game six destruction um the heat jimmy Butler game five had a phenomenal game five i think he had another 40 point game helped leading the heat to a, a slow and steady victory where they just continue to fight and help take them up over the top of lebron james but when it came to game six you would tell they were tired mm-hmm. they were going to the return of goran Dragic did not help them as he was playing through his foot injury and they looked slow they looked stagnant they were exhausted as you could tell lebron and anthony davis did not take the pedal off the metal they stepped up in huge ways. Ronda Rondo, again, continues to showcase why he finally accepted the monocle playoff Rondo because of the fact that he, they just outperformed when it comes to the playoffs. He had a total of 19 points, I think four assists, four rounds off the bench. LeBron put up 28, 10, and 14. Right. Anthony Davis had 19 points and 15 rebounds. And we're just talking about with all the injuries that Anthony Davis was going through in this series, I don't think he would, if they had lost game six, it was going to be hard for him to win game seven because Anthony Davis was being – We'll, we'll probably come out later on, but he, he was going through it. Ankle injury, shoulder injury. He, he's putting his body on the line to win this chip because he really wanted to win it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, LeBron quoted saying that he needs his damn respect, put respect on the Lakers organization, put you, respect. You know, you know they're going to start doing the commercial soon, right? You oh, know that's coming soon. That's already been planned. That was, that was, that's already in the works. So, um, it was, again, it was a good series for those that hating on it saying – the Lakers played the worst team in the in, in the East, I guess. That's what a lot of the hate's been coming. Talking about how they were able to escape past the Clippers because they never had to play them. But, I mean, it wasn't really escape. The Clippers choked. They, they didn't escape anything. They were prepared to play the Clippers. The Clippers folded the 3-1 series. How do you hate on that? If anything, you should hate the Nuggets for being a better team than the Clippers. You shouldn't hate the Lakers for not playing them. What do you, what you want the Lakers to go back and say, you know what? We'll just give the Nuggets the free ride. We'll play the Clippers instead. Like that, nah. the Western Conference, that doesn't make sense. Like, um, I read something earlier today. Jared Dudley talked about how the Lakers were ready, were preparing mentally for the Clippers. They didn't even they weren't preparing for the Nuggets until they had to. They were anticipating this matchup in the Western Conference Finals with the Clippers. They were ready to, you know, they heard all the noise that the Clippers were talking. You know, Pat Bev, Paul George, Kawhi with the commercials. He said all this. And he said that the Lakers were ready and they wanted to prove a point to the Clippers and that they were laughing at the Clippers as they imploded, as all of us were. We're, la- we're laughing at the Clippers as they imploded on national television. And to see how the Clippers, it cost, it literally has cost the Clippers, you know, Doc Rivers' job. We don't know how the, the roster is going to look. Um, and just how LA. The, the battle of LA was was set, was all set, and then the Clippers didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And so the Lakers took great delight in that. And I think it's I think it's it's something to be held that the Heat had a great run, right? Um Jerry, you mentioned that 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 you could see a, a deep playoff run for a Jimmy Butler led Heat team. And I said that they was they was a first round exit. Like I said, they was a first round and, and like losing five type team, and this, they made it all into the finals just by like they just 
gave everything. They gave their all in game five, and it showed in game six because it was two minutes into the third quarter, and it was over. Like, they couldn't score. Lakers couldn't score, but the Lakers were up 30. Like, it didn't even matter. Like, it, it, the, the Heat didn't have enough offense left in them to make this, a, you know, to push it to a game seven. So, uh, yeah, it, I, I was, it was very bad, especially in, as you mentioned the first quarter. Jimmy Butler, I don't think, took a shot in the first quarter. He was just that's how exhausted he was. And there was no, there's no breaks. There's no like travel days and days. Nah, it's like we running again, we running again, we running again. So just to, you can see the toll at the bubble took mentally, physically on these players. Um, they're eyeing a, a, a mid January early February return to the NBA. We don't know. There's not going to be another bubble. So we don't know how things are going to go. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. Especially, um, yeah, I did talk about this Jimmy Butler-led team. He could make it to the deep in the playoffs. I didn't say final, but I said they could go deep. Just because of what you've seen from Jimmy Butler and this team early on throughout the season, they just were balling out of their minds. And then this bubble – I didn't really know how they were going to do in the bubble, but this team just had the tool set where you look at Bam Adebayo, who just came into his own throughout the season, becoming one of the a dominant big in the league, where he's not at the level yet of a Jokic or Anthony Davis, but he, he's getting there soon if he continues to grow at the level he's growing. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero came out of nowhere as a guy that was hurt throughout most of the season, but we forgot how good of a scorer he is. If he works on his defense, he'll just improve even more, but he offensively that dude is gifted. Goran Dragic is actually the leading scorer of that Heat team. And potentially, if he didn't go down in game two, this series might have been totally different. If they didn't lose Bam and Goran Dragic, this series might have been different. It might have gone to seven because of the fact that Goran Dragic, you, you, you lost on his scoring. Kendrick Nunn was there and he stepped up, especially in game five. But I'm looking at a team that they were literally like a year early from what they were supposed to be. And this is what I'm – when I say this, I mean, like, they weren't supposed to be at a finals team yet. They were supposed to be a playoff team fighting for contention. Maybe they're second round and out, but they weren't supposed to make it all the way to the finals. This is a team that was missing one more star player. We've seen that Jimmy Butler can elevate his game to superstar level, but he's not at, He's not a superstar. We can consistently keep it going. He gets gassed out. He needs one more guy that's going to really be able to step up when he can't do it. And right now the Heat team didn't have that. There's no fault against them, but they just – they did not. Tyler Hero was too young, too inexperienced. He's not there yet. Goran Dragic was hurt. They, Bam's not ready for that role yet. He, mm. Jimmy Bowen needed one more piece, and they just didn't have it. Whereas the Lakers, they had two guys. LeBron and AD. And LeBron they had, two of the best, had two of the best guys. Yeah, and then LeBron right finals MVP for a reason. He, he showcases that his game in the finals elevates to a whole nother realm. Mind you, in game five, he, had a, he scored 40. He had a 40-point triple double, and they lost the game. So, I'm like, we're talking about – a dude that was continuously elevating heat where Jimmy Butler showcased being tired in game six, Brown was ready to go. He kickstarted to another gear. He, he's done it. He's been there to numerous of finals. He knows what it's like to find that third to fourth gear. And Andy Davis is there along for right. He's a superstar player as well, who has the one of the best guys in the league mentoring him and helping him like, yo, don't, don't switch it off yet. Switch it off when we win. Mm-hmm. So it was just so case level of difference and experience from these teams, teams as well. Again, if the heat, who are now coming out saying that they're going to be all in for Giannis in 2021. Don doesn't know how that's going to play out, but there's, a couple, there's a couple teams that's, that's supposedly all in for Giannis. Yeah, they make a trade for Old Depot or they find a way to get Beal or they bring in a DeRozan in the free agency just to sign him to a come two year deal to then get Giannis. Mm-hmm. You, you bring it in that style where this is a team that can fight to go. It's the Eastern conference. You've, you're fighting again to make another run next season. And they have the tools and the, the players that do it. And the thing about Miami that makes Miami so attractive to people is that Miami has no state income tax. So you get to live in Miami, you know, and you don't have to pay income tax. Like, that's, that's very, a very attractive thing. Another place that has no state income tax is Texas. And Giannis has also been linked to a Dallas Mavericks, you know, run. And we've had the Mavericks get linked to runs before, you know, DeAndre Jordan and, and, and even going back and Shaquille O'Neal, and, and usually it's a big man type thing. But a Dallas Mavericks-led team with Giannis, Luka, Porzingis, like, yeah, we talk about how the, the Mavericks always is like international, like amalgamation of, of players and things like that. But a Giannis in the West with Luka and Porzingis, 
could be dangerous, just as dangerous as Giannis staying in the East and, and taking that Miami route with Butler and, and Oladipo or Beal. Um, Jerry, what do you think about the potential move of Miami to reload and bring in a Giannis or Giannis going to a place maybe like Dallas? Um, honestly, there's probably a lot of Miami fans that might agree with me, but if, I, if I'm the Heat and you have a chance to send the first a nun, a Derrick Jones, and like a hero for Giannis, I'd probably take that deal. I'm, would, I'm offering that. Why would the Why would the Bucks take that deal? I mean, you're looking at what they get. You're not losing a lot when it comes to. I mean, even if you throw, in, even if they ask for, let's say, I want Bam here on a first for Giannis. It's not like you. Heat fans might be upset losing Bam, but you're you're getting a two-time MVP. One time defensive player of the year, player or is he two time defensive? No, he's he, this is first defensive player of the year. You're, you're getting a, a guy that's MVP caliber every year. Mm-hmm. You you you're gonna set you if you want to win a championship, which Power is the guy to do that under. You you got to bring in the best, and that's the best to do it. Again, I wouldn't. I would probably if I'm Parry, I'm really looking at maybe I would wait until 2021 if Giannis doesn't end up getting a deal or getting traded within the season. Then you know you have a shot at him in free agency. Mm-hmm. But if you're hearing whispers and little tidbits saying he'll sign, he'll, if you trade him now, he'll sign an extension now, or he'll either go sign an extension with the Bucks if they make a move in the free agency or a trade, mm-hmm. then you gotta you gotta lock in now. Like this is your best chance to lock in because you've seen what this team's capable of. You you have the finals pieces. You really just need another superstar. Jimmy Butler can carry you to a certain extent. You need that superstar MVP caliber player, and that's mm-hmm. what Giannis says. Giannis mm-hmm. is still young. He's got fresh legs. Most major injury he's had is that ankle injury. We're talking about a guy that is only growing, getting better. He's developing his jumper. He's Again, he's 25 years old. Right. So much room to grow. You would hate to not – you would hate to miss out on the opportunity of getting him because you were trying to play it safe. Whereas a, a team like the Mavs, as you already mentioned, well, they'll – they're throwing it. They're ready. They're ready to allocate. They, they want to go. Superstar. They'll they'll do whatever it takes because they've sit, they've showcased what Luka can do. Mm-hmm. Porzingis is a durability risk, but he's still a star player in his own right. It just Porzingis Porzingis's durability was he was he was available for most of the season. But mind you, now he just had another knee surgery. So again, this is on the same knee that he tore his meniscus on. Yeah. I you're agree, not, but dude, was, now you're relegating him. He has to become a third star at this point because too much pressure is on him to be a second star where he gets hurt. Sure. So you got to get you bring in that guy like Giannis that'll be the first star. Lucas the second, Porzingis the third. Porzingis might last you an entire season now and still put up great numbers. Mm-hmm. So a Mavs team would throw, throw caution to the wind to make a move like that happen. You have other teams that would probably do the same thing. I don't know if Giannis would want to go to other teams that aren't and have, that already have founded that winning culture yet. Like, I wouldn't want to see a Giannis throw everything away to go to the Bulls for the money. But let's, but let's talk about – we know Porzingis tore his knee, right? But Porzingis is still 25. Porzingis is still Again, young. he's young, but – Giannis not, is young. I'm not talking about the fact that we're saying Porzingis isn't a star. He is. But now he, when you get a guy like Giannis, Porzingis is good to be regulated to a third star. He's not going to yeah. be a second star. Him yeah. being regulated to a third star, it's not like his production goes significantly down. But it does go down enough where now you're not – he's not a dirty really for doing too much. When you right. see his injuries that he was getting, it was because the guy was, again, he had, he's going to have to. He was playing 38-plus minutes with um, Luca, mm-hmm. And those 38-plus minutes was a strain on the body for him. He was shooting deep threes, trying to go to the basket at the same time, block shots, do dunks. It, it seems to yeah. be too much. It seems to be too much on his body. And, and when you're 7-3, when you're you know, everything kind of – like, look at Yao Ming. Like, Yao Ming had a lot of foot injuries. And a, a lot of injuries. Lower, and, lower body injuries. And he was the number yeah. one guy. You see that some – it might just not be the fault of – it's, it's, it's a body. It's a body thing. It's a body thing. These guys just can't be regulated to being go-to number one guys that they need. They have to play not, the not, not even Not even necessarily that. It's like your body – the human body isn't really built to do a lot of repetitive, you know, repetitive motions again and again and again. But the thing is that we have to realize that these guys are all young and that they all have potential to grow. When you put a team like that together where they're young and they're, they can grow together, they could dominate the league for 10 years to come. And so with that being said, Jerry, what do you think about some of the other moves being uh, talked about in the NBA? Um, we mentioned Ty Lue being elevated to the Clippers head coaching uh, rank, Dave Yeager joining the Sixers. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the coaching moves around the league. 
Um, I mean, Talu was probably going to be the most prominent <laughs> in the Clippers. We're talking about the Rockets GM, Daryl Murray, just stepping down. Mm-hmm. With him stepping down, I look at it as this team is now on the rebuild. They're not keeping Russ or Harden soon. What, t- what team? What team? The Rockets. They're not. Oh, no, 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 no. I, compl- I completely disagree with you. Because you don't not pass up on Ty Lue and instead opt to get Jeff Van Gundy if you're not about to try and rebuild and develop players. Jeff Van Gundy develops dudes. He doesn't really elevate superstar players. He's never coached superstar players, so I can't well, say. Yes he, yes, he has. He had Patrick Ewing. He, he had Patrick. He had Tracy McGrady. He had Yao Ming. He had Tracy McGrady on the down end of his career, Tracy McGrady. Not really. I mean, Tracy McGrady was still putting up good numbers when, when Van mm-hmm. Gundy had him. You've already messaged it before. He had an injury, Yao, a durability risk, Yao Ming. Again, he, they, that team didn't go that much further than what the Rockets are going to now. So, so, so but, the, but the Rockets now are not with a real. With Daryl Morey out and the lack of picks that they have, because they don't have any, you're looking at potentially trading Russell Westbrook, which they might more likely going to do in this offseason. If they don't, then, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But I think they're going to more likely trade Russell Westbrook. They're going to try and get a piece or two around Harden now to hopefully – and again, push for something, but if they don't push for anything, Harden's they're, a free agent in the year. They're trying to push for Joel Embiid. Harden's a free agent. You're not getting. They don't have nothing to get Joel Embiid with. You don't, you don't have anything. I don't know. There's no way. I, the Sixers, I, no I, smart Sixers, unless you're giving me Harden. No, wait a second. Wait a taking. second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm not taking it even if you give me Harden. A. Uh, and the Sixers are not me. smart. So we established this. The Sixers aren't trading Embiid or Simmons. Not this season anyway. You just got Doc. You're gonna wait to see what happens. The, the, we're getting off topic, but the only move the Sixers are more likely going to make is getting rid of Josh Richardson and Horford. Josh Richardson has a feasible, movable contract. You can add him to a Horford deal. You're probably going to get rid of him. Maybe push for a Tobias trade, but that's hard to happen with the way you're paying Tobias. Horford and Josh Richardson are the two most likely figures gone. That are main starters. That bench, you can see some guys being alleviated of their deals pretty soon. Mike Scott deal might be, they might waive him or they might find a meal for him. But the Sixers, their pieces are going to be moved. Horford and Josh Richardson are the two prime faces. They're going to most likely be gone by the start of next season. Okay. Same with the Rockets. We're looking at Russ might be gone. That's just a pretty simple fact. They don't have any draft picks. They're going to need some draft capital. You can get some draft capital for Russ. You're looking at Harden will be a free agent in, I believe, a year or two years. Either 2021 or 2022 will be a free agent. Right now, if you're on the rebuild and you know he might potentially walk soon because he'll be at the age of 32 by the time he's a free agent, he might potentially walk. To go where? Where would he walk? Oh man, that, any team will pay James Harden handsomely. To play. Yeah, I understand that, but why would James Harden go? Why would James Harden walk to a team where he's not the main guy? Who says? Who says he won't be? Who says he doesn't want to be? He went to Houston to, in part, be the main guy. Came, you know, leave OKC. He's, at he's, he's still the main. He's still the main guy in Houston with Russell there, anyway. I, I guess. I mean, at the time and place, they both switch off. And at one point, there was this yeah, whole. Okay, they 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 both switch off, but it's Harden's team. This small ball, it worked for the bubble. I don't think it's going to work for a longevity regular season, so they're going to have to get, figure out something. Um, they traded for Covington. You, you, are you keeping him? Are you going to give him another deal? Who, who knows of that? Are you signing, re-signing P.J. Tucker to another handsome deal? Eric Gordon is a guy that you can basically try and find a trade for because he doesn't need to stay at this point in his career. This man is a guy that, again, he's a good basketball player, but I've seen him hit down more – contested threes and I've seen him in open threes and you don't need that on a Rockets team that right now you, you need guys that are consistent base is going to give you a bucket and not not get hurt as well because he's a durability risk mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gunn is a good coach I think he's going to come in but if you bring we're him ass, in but over we're assuming, Ty Lue, we're assuming I think that, he's looking forward to rebuild we're assuming, that, Morey we're assuming that Daryl Morey is or the Rockets are bringing in Jeff Van Gundy no, yeah, yeah, I'm assuming they bring him in. I, they, don't know that. I don't know what coach they bring in. But, but again, let's say, even if they bring in Jeff Van Gundy, I don't think it's a. I don't think Van Gundy's. Why would Van Gundy leave ESPN to do a rebuild? That doesn't make sense. I, I don't think it's going to be. It's not a complete rebuild like the Thunder trying to do a complete rebuild. But I think they're just going to. Let's call it more of a reconstruction than a rebuild. It's going to be like even if it's a reconstruction, it's a. We need to. It's a. It's still a, a reconstruction where they're going to compete. Again, though, but that's still that a, a reason why uh, you see Daryl Murray stepping down when he had full support from the owner, supposedly full support from the owner, is that he, the, the talent that he's acquiring so much that he's giving up, it's hard to really end what he said through about the China before the season started. It's hard to come back from that as well. We look at what the roster has. How that, China thing, that China thing feels like it's so long ago. 
you you think that, but maybe that's the reason why he resigned his position. No, no, no. I'm, I'm and also, I don't think it, I, don't, I don't think it's not a part of it. I'm just saying it still feels he, like a so. As soon long. as the season ended, he was one of the major supporters of rebranding back Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni opted out as well. They they might just be trying to cut themselves loose of a team that they they know that. Where in his case, he knows that he's put so much effort in, and he's not he hasn't performed up the standards as a GM. Where if you bring in uh, Russ's contract. You let go of Capella to try and appease Russ's play style, and that didn't help whatsoever. It might have actually made you guys slightly worse on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. You go into this committed 3 and D personnel where you're just small ball, three-point shooting, and that ended up becoming worse as the season prolonged in the bubble. Your three-point shooting actually stagnated where it was going downwards instead of upwards. Mm-hmm. You guys were hitting less threes in games than you were supposed to. Russ was still commanding in the paint, but yeah, that was becoming a problem because when you saw them up against the Thunder, that's a I mean, not the Thunder. Yeah, even the Thunder, you saw them go against the Thunder where Ooh, Dort had a phenomenal game defensively against James and Russ at different times. Then they played the Lakers, and man, there's nobody stopping Anthony Davis on that team. Nobody was stopping LeBron in the paint on that team. Oh. Russ was having a hard time getting to the paint. Three-point shooting wasn't there where the Lakers actually had a better three-point shooting percentage throughout the season than the Rockets, and they're supposed to be the three-point shooting team. You, again, I, I say a rebuild. Let's, re, let's really call what is a reconstruction. Of that. They're going to have to reconstruction that team. I think losing Capello now, it might hurt them. It won't hurt them in the fact that the Hawks are going to become this magnanimous playoff team, but it hurts them because you just lost a guy that was young, very good, talented big man that was helping – alleviate pressures when it came. Yeah, but Capella isn't – Capella – don't don't sit there and conflate Capella to be like he's one of the top ten big men in the league and he's a game changer, he's a game record. Nah, he's average. He's a good athlete, but he's average. Yeah, and they, they paid him the big bucks too when he's not a top ten big. Again, that was Daryl Morey. Just, he, he, he gives up money. He, he fights. He, that man's a risk taker. He fought and he made, he made a lot of changes. Some were good, some were some weren't that great, or some weren't necessary. But again, I, I, I but you got, him. but I think there's one, there's one thing you're missing is new ownership. Like when Daryl Morey got hired 13 years ago to be the GM, it was under different ownership. Tillman Fertitta now owns the hey, Rockets. Hey, hold on, I, I would put Kurt Capella at number 10 for Bigs. He's a top 10. He's, number, he's literally at number 10. Yeah, all right, never mind. Because anyway. when he's healthy, yeah, nah, 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 nah. stop it, stop yeah, it. No, 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 stop it. No, he averaged 16.6, 12.7 rebounds. Who cares? And like hey, if you watch, if you watch the games, you watch the games, you know Capella's not a top ten big. He's number stop. ten. He's average. Number ten. He's mid. He's mid. He's number ten. I'll he's, put him at 10. he's he's average. He's a ten what? At number ten, I'd put him at number ten. Maybe he, he's fighting for number ten. Yeah, because I can't name a lot. I can't name 15 better than him. Because there's not a lot of good bigs in this league now. There's not a lot. So I can't name 15 better than him. Doesn't, ma- doesn't matter. He's nine. still average. Well, you said he's not top 10. 10 is, he's not. He's average. Is 10 average? It, he's an average big. Because <laughs> an average big is a Tristan Thompson. That's an average big. He's okay. right around Tristan Thompson. Slightly better than Tristan Thompson. He's defensively better than Tristan Thompson. Offensively, he's about the same. Rebounds, he gets a lot more rebounds than Tristan Thompson does. He and then again, defensively, he's better. He's better defensively. Okay, he's slightly better than Tristan Thompson, but they're better than average. But he's in the neighborhood. He's closer to Tristan Thompson than he (laughs) is Anthony Davis. You were downgrading. Oh, Anthony Davis is number one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's closer than Tristan Thompson. Than even like a Brook Lopez, like Capella's not even better than Brook Lopez. Okay, I, I can and Brook Lopez is average. Yeah, okay, I can see. That. Okay, it, it, thank you, thank you. All right. Anyway, like I was saying, Timur Fertitta owns the Rockets now. They haven't had success when he was brought in. When he owned, when he brought the team, he wanted success. He wanted a winner. They haven't won. It was time. It was time for somebody to go. Dan Tony went. Maury had to go too. And yes, I get it. He made all these moves and. And put these teams together, but the teams he put together never got over the hump. They, they either lost to the Warriors, or they lost to the Thunder, or they lost to the Lakers. It, it there was always a better team. Maury was good. He wasn't good enough. Again, it just goes to show you the real question for this team is going to be what's next for James Harden, because 
I don't, where is this team really headed? And you, that's all the questions going to be asked when they come with the new interim GM that they have or not interim. I think they just brought in, they brought up the person that was the assistant. You look at yeah, the well, coach that might bring in. And then we're I, I, I was saying, we're assuming Harden, Gundy. I was saying Harden was the free agent until like 2021, 2022. He doesn't end his free agency until 2023. Well, he'll be 33 years old. By the end of that year, he'll be 33. He'll be a free agent at the age of 34. By his by 2023, he should be making around. I thought he, I think he's estimated to make 48 million dollars in a year. All right, how how much further are we taking this Rockets team as to be contenders by them? Because right now they don't have a roster. I think to be contenders, they have a roster to make another playoffs. Maybe make playoffs again next season. And not even maybe they'll make playoffs again if they keep the same roster. They can make playoffs again. But are they contenders? No. So you have to see what they're gonna do. And I think that's another reason why Darren Moore stepped down. He he, he sees what you he he. he Fluctuated this team so much where it just it just not it's not consistent anymore. Right. Clippers on the other hand, he had but he had to make these moves. He had to make these moves because they weren't they weren't winning with Chris Paul and Harden, and now they made the move for us and they weren't winning with him. So again, maybe maybe it's not the point guard that's the problem. Maybe they need to get a different position as as a superstar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see what they do. They have the pieces where they can make some trades. They have pieces where they can make trades. Teams are going to want a uh, package deal of a Covington, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker potentially. You, you, some teams might look at that and that's enticing to them. Who knows? I'm looking at the Clippers with Tyloo. That was a good signing. I've, you hear it from the Woodworks that um, all the Clippers teammates, players, staff supported the decision. They liked Tyloo. They liked bringing him in. They thought he did a phenomenal job as assistant coach for Doc Rivers. Bringing in Chauncey Billups, in my personal opinion, was a good move because I would like to see him off television. I don't think Chauncey Billups is that great as an analyst. He did. A, he did. A, he does do a good job at times. I, I like his voice. I like his presence as a previous basketball player very good very good basketball player at that to be on television but again some of the hot takes he had were just what they were just what the name stood for they were hot they were hot takes um i think bring him in is another good you bring that veteran presence in a guy that potential hall of famer a guy that is just what a good player he won a championship he can help bring in uh pg and help brandon Kawhi together and help them when, it, when they look like they're down and out, they can, he can help maybe build momentum for that team. Mm-hmm. Tyloo is a guy that's won a championship with LeBron and Kyrie. I think he could do it with Kawhi and PG. The real question for that team now is, are you keeping that roster together? No. Paul George asked them no. to run it back, but I think Montrezl Harrell might leave. I think they're going to look to trade Lou Williams because how good I like they need a, They need a point guard. They need a point guard, yes. Pat Bev is a defensive player only. He's not a ball-handling, point-making guard. He's not that. No. I, think they, I think they should keep Reggie Jackson, but then again, Reggie Jackson's not a point-making point guard either. He's a scoring point guard. Uh, Lou Will is a guy they can, that they – can, they can, Reggie Jackson's expendable. Lou Will is a play-making type of guy, but he's not a point guard, and he's not a starter because of his defensive liability, and they might just want to get rid of him. Um, the reason why Doc Rivers was let go or let himself go is because there was the debate that players in the locker room and also in the front office didn't like the fact that he was playing Montrezl Harrell over Zubak, who was playing better than Harrell at the time during that playoff season. I don't know if you could say Zubak is a better player than Harrell. No. You can say that Zubak had a better series against Jokic than Harrell did. And that was... Yeah, I mean, Zubak's fair better because Zubak's is just... A bigger... Bigger bigger body. Bigger body, bigger player, almost the same height as Jokic. You're not... He's able to throw more oomph to himself when... You're, Jokic is going to the paint where Harrell has to do a lot of the body work when you're guarding him. He's smaller, he's six, only 6'8". Six, he's got to really get into the body of Jokic. He has to try and de- play defense in a more physical way. And again, up for debate if, if Zubac is better than Harrell. Zubac is younger. He's only 23, about to be 24 years old. Harrell is now... I don't think it's a debate, bro. Uh, the, people make the argument that Zubac is a better player than Harrell. I don't, I, I don't know. The, I haven't watched them too enough no. to see that. Bro, you you watch enough you you watch enough Montrezl Harold to see. I've seen enough. I, I like Montrezl. I don't know if he validated for rookie. I mean, sixth man of the year this season. I don't. I don't agree with that. But it, okay, if, if, even, if even if you style. don't agree with that, you you see that he has talent. He can score. He can rebound. He can defend. And then again, maybe though, he can't. Maybe he's six. The argument is the seven foot argument is but Zubac is not the guy. The reason man. that he looks so good is because of the production of him. Remember, Zubac doesn't get as, uh, enough as as many minutes as Harold does, even when they try and split minutes. Do you know why? Do you know why? A split carry situation and the you know why? Same touches, you know not. Do you know why that Zubac doesn't get as much production? I don't know why. That's because if you play Zubac for ten minutes, he has four fouls and two points. Foul trouble was a, a huge problem for him, and again, I. 
that's something I would think the argument before Dot Rivers, but I guess that was against him as well. Because again, this a, a huge article came out talking about the re- one of the reasons why Dot Rivers was let go of his position was because of this argument. Should for playing Zubox over here when Zubox was having a better series. I don't think that one series should have correlated, but again, Dot Rivers has a history of with the Clippers. It wasn't that was wasn't a huge thing. Dot Rivers has had a history with the Clippers. They haven't made out the semifinals. Mm-hmm. That was and, that's and, that's, and it's the same. The Clippers and the Rockets have a lot of the same problems. They can't get out of their own way. There's always a better team than them. The Clippers this year, they were probably the best team in the West. They were the team to beat. That was the crux and of they, the argument. They and they can't get out. They couldn't get out their own way. Even and before that, trading for what Marquise Morris and getting Reggie Jackson, they had a, a, a what was his name, Maurice Harkless, and then they still had a good roster. Still had a good roster. Right, and but the thing is. It's not all like like we talk about Houston, right? It's not all Daryl Morey's fault. Nope. Like in the Clippers, it's not all Doc Rivers' fault. Nope. But the the problem is when things don't go right, somebody has to take the fall. And they and with the Rockets, I always mentioned they already fired Dan Tony. And again, well, you can't. I'm not looking at Michael Winger for the Clippers. That's the GM from the, the chairman Steve Ballmer. That's the face. People think he's the GM. He's not the GM. Michael Winger's the GM. Yeah, but but Jerry, but Jerry Jordan, West is running that team. Yeah, okay, yeah. So again, when you look at it, that front office for accountability wise only, you just talked about that team who had the roster. They did their jobs. Yeah. But in the Houston had the Houston had the roster. Houston had the whoa, whoa, whoa. Houston had the advantage plenty of times when they played the Warriors and folded, right? Oh, oh no, no, I'm talking about this season. They had the roster. Okay, right. They didn't have right, they didn't have the roster. Whatever. So Dan Tony's out the door. Daryl Morey steps down. He didn't get fired. He stepped down. Yeah, he resigned himself. He resigned, right? For whatever reason, maybe, it's, you know, 15 or 13 years at a job is a very long time. I've quit my job plenty of times. That's, that's beside the point. After a while, it's it, the same thing, the same voice, not, no success. It's time for a new face in there. That's the same thing happened with the Clippers. Doc's been there for seven years. He hasn't gotten a job done. It's time to move on. But to automatically, automatically assume that the Clippers are going to get better because they got Tom Lou. Like, yeah, I get it. Ty Lue's a good coach. He'll, he'll hold people accountable. But we don't know how good Ty Lue is. We're getting ready to see how good Ty Lue is. Because in, after LeBron left Cleveland, Ty Lue got fired in less than 10 games. And fired. True. Right? And then yeah, he, yeah, he won the ring. But he had the best player in the planet. Come on now. All right, what are we within 10 days? Ten games gone. Get him up out of here. So I like I like the new coaching changes. I still want to see who the Pacers bring in as a coach. I got I got a question for you. I think it's gonna be Mike D'Antoni. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Tyloo last three years for the Clippers. Yeah, more or less than three years. But the three roster years. they have. There's a five year contract. Five year contract. Does he make it past the third year? That's all up for if Kawhi and PG come back. Because remember, Kawhi and PG only have what another two years left. Okay. So you give Tyler yeah, yeah. two years. All right, fine. He had a five-year contract. I'm asking you, does he make it past year three? It depends how far they go each year. I think he can. That, I think I – think, no, 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 no. Yes or no? Because I say no. I say he's done within three years. No, I think he can do it. I, th- I think he'll be going within three years. Because that's, that's like uh, – no, that's not the same. I was going to say that's like, is Doc going to be a three-year? No, Doc's probably going – they'll keep him his whole, whole tenure. He'll, I think the Sixers will keep Doc until Doc doesn't want to be the coach of the Sixers no more. Absolutely, because that's the best coach we brought in in forever. So that's the best coach we probably ever had. No, 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 that's not true. But then, uh, yeah, so I, I think Doc's probably the best coach the Sixers brought in since Larry Brown. Yes, I agree with that. No, yeah, absolutely. That's not even that. That's not even yes. I agree. That's absolutely. Um, the say Tyloo has. I'll give you this. Tyloo has less of a chance to stay than Steve Nash staying in three years. Steve Nash is definitely not lasting three years. Steve Nash, I, I think Tyloo has a – I don't think Steve Nash will last three years, especially if things don't go their way in the first two. No oh, offense, yeah, he's gone. He's the scapegoat. No, no, yeah, that's, that's the scapegoat. No offense to the whole – he was white privileged to get the job, all of that stuff. That regardless of all that, Kyrie, if you can't – if he can't get the Kyrie – not even ego, but his the mind, the work mind mentality of Kyrie to win a championship back to where it was when LeBron was there. 
Because right now, I'm hearing you. You hear Kyrie coming out saying there is no head coach. We're all the coach of the team. Yeah, that don't that don't that don't that, that doesn't that doesn't appease me. That, that ain't gonna work. That's not gonna work when it comes down to who, who's calling the who's calling the plays for y'all in the last two minutes of the game. Who's running? Who's running this show? Who's running this show here? I need to know who's the face. Like I know you're the you you and Katie are the voice of the team. You're the leaders, but who, who's the who's running this show here? Like there's one thing to be the leaders of a team. But you also have – if you're on the team as you're a player, you have to respect the coach. And the pedigree of Steve Nash, I think, should already be respected. Kyrie shouldn't even made that little statement. It should have came out and said, Steve Nash is our guy. I mean, but you, know the, reason, him, but you know the reason Kyrie and, and KD are together, right? Because they're both of that same mentality of we're better than everyone else. We don't have to do what everyone else has to do. We don't need to, you know, pay respect, pay homage, do none of this stuff. Like, we do what we want to do when we want to do it. Can't no one tell us otherwise. Either you want to tell us otherwise, like, you can get up out of our face, right? That's that's them, right? KD didn't like being pigeonholed in OKC. He didn't like the, the backlash he got in Golden State. Kyrie didn't like the backlash he got in Cleveland. Didn't You know, Boston didn't work out. They're... You know how you know how like if it's always a problem somewhere a problem wherever you go maybe you're the problem. They're both the problem, mm-hmm. so you know they're going to turn on each other eventually when this stuff goes bad, right? Like if they don't win a ring, they're going to turn on each other, and they're going to poison everybody else around them. You know, like like dudes like Jared, Jared Allen, Karis Levert, Dinwiddie. Y'all you know, might as well get y'all bags ready to go. As soon as y'all, as soon as something go wrong. That's the first people out the door. Well, I mean, Sean Marks, you gonna be out the door too, Chief. And then you've already said it, but Kyrie Irving already came out and said that they need more help. This was coming off of a loss to the Sixers in January, I believe it was January sixteenth. He he quote said, "We need one more piece or two more pieces." So. He already those guys we already named. I think they already have in the back of their minds of the little inkling that that that's still a possibility for them in this offseason approaching this. I believe the free agent starts in around December. Um, it's still there because that once you say something like that, he, he's transparent. At least you can say Ky- Kyrie's transparent. He's transparent. We need we need more help. The guys we got are good, but we need. He he wants another superstar, or at least an, another star. And right now they just don't have that. So he, that those guys you named, they they might be out the door. I think Steve Nash, when he comes in, he's gonna have to assert himself, and I think he has the pedigree to do it. I know. Yes, you know how Steve Nash. Got Steve Nash in. is Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a guy that used to argue with Kobe, even though he was a forty year old point guard playing with Kobe. They yeah. had arguments. They, they he he knows how to. Steve Nash has won MVPs in this league. Steve Nash, Nash has won MVPs. He's he's instilled leadership before. He's a mentor and a motivator. I believe he can do it. He's capable of doing the job. Right. Now it really just comes down to. Will Kyrie fall in line? Because I think KD no. advocated more so for no. Kyrie did. I think bro, I'm did. telling you, bro, this is going to go bad quickly. Like this- again, they're lucky they're playing in the East because there's, the East isn't again. It's, it's coming up. The East is still slowly but surely it's developing its pace. We just saw with the Miami Heat. We're seeing with the Bucks. We're seeing with the Magic. Are still a, a very their eighth seeded team, they're still making their ways, but they're, they're getting better and improving every year. Mm-hmm. Nicole Vuzovic has showcased he's not a no slouch. He's a very good center in this league. Sixers, they fight, but we're still in the contention. The the Boston Celtics are here. They're ready. The East is slowly but surely. Are, are the Celtics ready? Are they? I think this, so. team, this team has been together for five years now, and they, they slowly turn into the Rockets, bro. Can't get over the hump. You know, make one or two moves, but they can't really make it. Yeah. They haven't been yeah. together for five years now. Oh. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, it, it has yeah. been since. No, yeah, no, it's only been two. Because Jason Tatum's only been in the league for what, two years, right? 2018? 2017, he got drafted. That's three years. Three years. He's only been, he's only so, been all right, all right. Even three years. But you got to realize, like, they made it to the conference finals and I believe they made it in 2016, 17. You know, they always run into, like, LeBron or they run into, like, Toronto. Yeah. It's starting to. Yeah, this is this Miami. is one of their worst series. This is one of their worst series. Injuries hurt them this season. That's what I'm gonna give it. I'll give it that one. Injuries hurt them this year. We can't. How many times are we gonna use this injury excuse for everyone? Everyone. Well, they didn't have, no. The year they lost in the conference finals to LeBron, they took him LeBron to Game Seven with that again that piss poor Cavs team that we we didn't expect was gonna be that great. But they took LeBron to the conference finals. 
they, without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, I didn't even have the injury excuse. They knew what they were ready. They were ready to do it. They just, they, they just lost that game. They lost that game. But they were there. After that now, it's more so you're looking at this season, Kemba got hurt and he was playing through his injuries throughout that series. Gordon Hayward was hurt. He came back. He just didn't look up the – he didn't look as healthy. Jalen Brown got the shoulder injury, but he fought through and played through that. Like, the guys were getting hurt left and right. They needed a big man for sure this season. No excuses. Mm. You lost you lost man bun Baines, and, I mean, they shouldn't let him go. Man bun just in the league to get dunked on. They shouldn't let him go because he was help, he was a very big present for them when it came to guarding bigs. He was helping. Tice, was just, Tice couldn't get it done. We're going to transition a little bit over Capella, to – Capella is more like Tice than you think. Capella more like Baines than I think. I think he's more like Baines. Either way, average. Average. Valentunas was all right. Okay. Uh, we're going to transition over to the NFL – no, actually we're going to go to the NCAA before we close things out. We're going to go to the NCAA. A lot of coronavirus cases are here. Games are being canceled. Coaches are now being – tested positive. One in particular, Nick Saban tested for coronavirus. We're talking about this is the figurehead of the Alabama football team. Chris, how do you, what do you expect to happen now that all these coronavirus cases are coming positive, not only the NCAA, but also in the NFL? What you mean what's going to happen? They're going to they play somebody. Somebody's going to suit up. They, it's, 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 they already opened themselves up for they have to play. They have to play. They have to play, right? They didn't allow themselves any flexibility. That's why the Titans are playing, like, the Titans are playing on Tuesday after two weeks off, you know, stuff like that. Or the Big, the Big Ten has eight games with no breaks, all conference. Like, it's so stupid, and no, they shouldn't be playing, honestly. If you really want to talk about the, the well-being of people, they shouldn't be playing. They shouldn't have fans in the stands. Like, you're putting people at risk, all right? They know what they signed up for, whatever. They're, they're, Nick Saban's going to be at that game on Saturday. <laughs> Mark my he'll be in the booth. He'll be in the booth upstairs by himself calling the game, you know, in people's ears, yelling and screaming. He'll be there. Like, I will – I'd bet in my house that Nick Saban would be in attendance some way, somehow on Saturday. Now, as far as, like, Florida goes, right, when they have, like, 20 positive cases – or tennis, or the Tennessee Titans, where they have like thirty positive cases or whatever. You can't tell me that the NFL hadn't that does not have a contingency plan for this, right? Now they're starting to, or in, or the NCAA in, in, in certain conferences, in fact, like that, right? Now the NFL is talking about forfeiture of games, draft picks, money, you know, monetary value, things like that. NCAA said um, conferences are going to cut funding for certain schools if they violate protocols. Everything they've done, everything they've done up to this point has been about money, right? Everything, everything is financial. We can't leave this money on the table. It's not about the players' well-being. They don't care about that. It's about, you know, can you produce money for these, you know, ad revenues, games, things like that. And yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a consumer, and I love it. But let's not sit up here and feign, you know, like act like. I'm talking about the general public, not us two, but like the general public. Let's just sit up here and say, oh, my God, they shouldn't be playing. But we sit up there and we're supporting this stuff. We're just as complicit in all this. And now we're talking about this as we, we – I was wanted to make sure that the public knew Florida had shut down this program on Tuesday after a number of tests came back positive. They had a total of, I believe, 19 positive tests where it was – and more so have been announced after that, but they had about 18 positives among the scholarship players and the walk-ons. And then a lot was being said that the quarterback room had tested positive as well. So the game between LSU and Florida had been postponed. It won't be happening until December 12th, which is, mm-hmm. I think, an SEC built by week. So that's when the game will be post, post. But I'm looking at that. That's a huge, that's a huge number, a positive testing. And a team that was, if you're taking this, as you already alluded to, the precautions needed, why are they now testing positive for this? And then these te- more positive cases might be coming out more so think, all right, think, of these teams because think about it think about it though here's here's one of my theories too right college so you're 19 to 22 you're in college right we're not that far removed from undergrad things like that right we were, you know 18 19 whatever right the idea of like you have to stay home you have to do this you have to do that i'm not doing i wasn't doing that like i don't care like oh Everybody thinks like, oh, yeah, COVID, I'm, I'm not going, you know, anybody going, it's not going to happen to me, right? 
everyone has that Superman mentality until now you look up and everybody's got it. And then I also want to just transition over to the NFL a bit. You're talking about the Atlanta Falcons shut down their facility for positive COVID tests. The Patriots canceled practice. The Colts shut down their facility. But they keep these teams are insisting that games will go on. I mean, I understand that it's not major cases. You, for Well, the Patriots, they keep getting positive cases. Like, it's coming out the woodwork that more and more dudes are testing positive. But the Colts just recently got their positive test. Falcons just recently got theirs. But more, as we, we talked about a couple weeks ago, more and more teams now are testing positive. It started with the Titans. That was the outbreak source. Right. Now, They're the outbreak monkeys. Now you're looking at the, the Patriots now. They tested right after. Now it's the Falcons. Now it's the Colts. And then you might, we're, I think it's just going to be a trickle-down effect where you're going to keep seeing more and more teams test positive. Where it won't be a huge, fast amount of numbers, but it's becoming enough where some tests are also being accounted as false positive because they're testing so much. Mm-hmm. But the risk is going to continuously be higher to the exposure rates. I agree. But then you had this, you had this, like, you got guys playing a physical sport. They're in each other's faces for three and a half hours. They're training with other guys five days out the week. You're in people's faces. You're in close contact. You don't, like, we don't understand. Like, people don't understand. This virus isn't, like, anything people have ever seen before. I could have it and not know it and pass it on to you, and it could kill you. And I could be perfectly fine. It affects people differently, especially if you have pre, pre or if you're preconditioned to to illnesses or you have immune issues or immune disorders or whatever. So people would have to realize, like, yeah, like a lot of these athletes are are athletes at the top of the game and in great physical shape, but they a lot of them have some underlying conditions that even you know that we don't know about. Sometimes that they don't even know about until something like this happens and, and it just takes them out and. Like I've had people, I, I don't know about you, but I've heard stories, I've, I've read stories, people can't eat, can't sleep, body aches, headaches, hallucination, you know, sense of smell is gone, sense of taste is gone. Like, it affects so, like, people said, that, like, their equilibrium was off. Like, there's so many things that you don't understand, like, that happens that you, you, you can't account for as a dog goes off, like, in the distance, just starts going crazy. But there's, like, so many things you can't account for that you have to realize that this thing is, is, is affecting. So we don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, but we don't know. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to wait and see. Now, to wait and see, one team hasn't tested positive, and they're continuously getting better, is the Kansas City Chiefs. They just- the, Kansas, the Kansas City Warriors, you mean. Oh, oh, sure. We'll call them that because they just now they announced a couple of days ago that they've signed Le'Veon Bell to a one-year deal after he was released from the Jets, who couldn't find a trade partner for him. He signed a one-year deal with the Chiefs. Chris, the question is now: the the Chiefs are already in a, the Super Bowl conversation again. Mm-hmm. How likely are they now to make the Super Bowl signing Le'Veon Bell? Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent chance I get them to win the Super Bowl. Like they have. A solid, de- a, a very good defense, right? I, yeah, they, I know they, they, you know, the Raiders hung 40 on them, but they still – they played very well throughout the year, right? Offense, unbelievable. Got weapons galore. Andy Reid's one of the best offensive coaches, offensive minds that, that we've seen in a very long time in the NFL. Yo, do you really, like, really want to play this team? Like, we, we all – for the most part, we all kind of think that the second best team in the league is Baltimore, right? They beat down Baltimore on Monday Night Football. Wait, wait, wait. That's, that's what people are thinking their second-best team in the league now is? Like, coming into the league, it was like Kansas oh, City, Baltimore. Oh, Ravens, yeah. yeah. It was Kansas, like, it's Kansas City, Baltimore, and you know, everybody else. Now, now, now I'm, looking yeah. at, I'm looking at Seattle and the Chiefs is one and two. You think Seattle's one? No, no, no. I think Chiefs is one. No, I think Seattle's one. Uh, I think Russell Wilson's uh, finally going – he might finally get the MVP he deserves. Uh, Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, uh, Mahomes, bro, Mahomes. But anyway, you know, they, they coming into the league, Kansas City was one, Baltimore was two, and, you know, everybody else. They beat down Baltimore, right? They, they continually beat down Lamar Jackson. So now you add a, a running back who can catch, who can run the ball, one of the best runners, you know, two, three years ago with Pittsburgh, right? Took a year off and then, you know, Played a year in purgatory with the Jets. Now, 
he can run. He can he can he can run the ball, pass the ball. He can line him up at wide receiver. He can catch the ball. So many different things you can do with him. You put him on the offense with Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, um, Mahomes, Edwards, Elair. Like yo, like this is not fair, man. This is this is this team is morphed into the Golden State Chiefs. Like like when the Chiefs were when the, when the Warriors were at their peak, right? You had Steph, you had Clay, you had Draymond, you had KD, you had um, Draymond. You had pieces, 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 right? Iguodala was hitting threes. Like, they had Max Kellerman talking about some if the fate of the universe was on the line, I want Iggy shoot. Like, come on, man. But, like, the point being, they had people you could plug and play and put them anywhere, and they're going to produce. That's what Kansas City is turning into. Like, dudes like Nicole, um, 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 right, Nicole Harmon. Nicole Hartman, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, uh, like yo, like pick your pick your poison. And this, you're talking about Le'Veon Bell is going to now be backing up Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who is the running starting running back for the Chiefs. I'm looking at it as Bell is perfect for Andy Reid's system as a running back. He can pass, he can catch, he can still run downhill too. But he's a nice little passing back as well. He's another option for that you can mission match with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Dude, and then, I mean, this is only a one-year deal, but imagine if they had gotten Le'Veon with, if Damian Williams had still opted in instead of opting off because of the COVID reason. He had opted in, too. That's a crazy running back room of Damian Williams, Carlos Hilary, and Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. And then they, people talk about, well, how come the Jets didn't trade him? Why did they just let him walk? Well, it's, one, it's the Jets. Let's, let's, let's be honest right there. Listen, one, is the Jets. Listen, Two, people, people nobody talk- was taking Le'Veon Bell. No offense, but nobody was taking him because of the injuries that he was having. My one of my concerns for the injuries that was happening is guess where he was playing, guys? MetLife Stadium. Guess what MetLife Stadium did this season to a lot of players. So it, you're talking about a team where let me outside with the Jets because of the money that he, they gave him good money. I think he's still going to be getting some money from them even after being waived from them. It's not unless they worked out another deal separately. But I'm looking at this. This Jets team is not going anywhere. It's not. It's it's progressively getting worse. Adam Gase has ruined this team. And we talked about firing Dan Quinn. We've talked about firing a lot of other dudes. Well, Dan Quinn's gone. So guess who's next on the chopping board? Guess who's next? Because, like, this, but then Adam Gase should have been got gone. Yes, that was terrible grammar, but it needed to be said. He needed he got, he got had to go. Years ago. You know, he's ruining this organization that was once a, a good team. Listen. We're not even a good team, but a subpar team. They're it was all right. They was all right. It was average enough where I remember one time they won the division. We're like, oh, man, the Jets won the division? Well, okay, Patriots, Patriots, what happened? But the Jets won the division at one point in time in the career. I don't I, Now you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that they, they ever win a division in the next two years. They, need, they talk about defund the PPA, defund the police. They need to defund the Jets. They don't even need to be in the league. They're, they're just the worst. The and absolute worst. They're now they're they're talking about potentially trading Sam Darnold. Who free Darnold, free I, Sam Darnold. And I told you before, I, I feel like you, you should trade him and get him out of there because I don't want any quarterback or any guy should be wanting to play for Adam Gates at this point until he's gone. Free Darnold, because Darnold has a lot of potential. He just one, he's still hurt, but I, he he showcased the season. He can make some good throws. He could play good, except for the game against the Colts where you play in the Colts defense, you're, you're bound to throw three picks. Free Darnold. That's so, all I got to say about that. Free Darnold. The Chiefs are now in contention to win this, the, the, or not win, go back to the Super Bowl with minimal effort. They're still going to have to play some good teams, but they, they, they have a, a very good chance now to go. Uh, we're we're going to end the segment just off of, if you were to name your top three teams right now in the NFL, who, who are your top three teams? Uh, Chiefs, there's a big gap after that. Seattle. And who would I say is the third? best team in the league right now. Um, hmm. That number three team, I don't know, because I want to say Baltimore, right? Because Baltimore, you know, they, they, they've had some good wins against uh, – we don't know how good Cleveland is, but let's say Cleveland is good, right? Let's say Cleveland is for real. They've had good teams. They have good wins against uh, Cleveland. They they beat up on the teams they should beat up on. They had one bad game in Kansas City, but I still think they're the third best team in the league. So I would say Chiefs, Big Gap, Seattle, and then Baltimore. 
Okay. I'm going to say Chiefs, not that big of a game. Not even that big of a game. It's literally right there. Seattle. And then for me, I'm looking at the Packers. I think the Packers are there. Even with the injury that they've sustained, mm-hmm. losing Adams, losing Scatlin, Aaron Rodgers has just been a man on the mission. And I think, I think that's why I didn't want to pick the Packers, because of the, the injuries they've had. They've had God step up. And again, he just – Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission. He's been playing like – a quarterback, no other. Like, I, I know I'm saying Russell Wilson's the MVP. I think he still is a lot for MVP. Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes are still there. And then you're looking at – there's so many good teams right now in the AFC side of the, of the uh, NFL. When you look at the NFC, it's, it's, there's a good division. NFC South is having a nice little battle. All the teams are 3-2. and two. Uh, The Bears and Packers are playing basically pretty well with each other, 4-1, 4-1. But you look at the AFC. I'm looking at the AFC North, which has – all the teams have four wins. Mm-hmm. The Steelers are 4-0 because they, they, they had their, their game postponed, but Ravens, 4-1. Browns are 4-1. You're looking at the Titans are 4-0. The Colts are 3-2. The Bills are 4-1. The Patriots are 2-2. They're, they're still there. They lost, a, they, they lost a couple plays because of the fact that Cameron went down because of testing positive for coronavirus. They, they subbed in their backup QBs, and now we found out that Stidham and Hoyer are backup QBs. They, we, we, now you know. We, we know why. Now you know why they, they were back with Cam Newton as the starter. For those that were asking, well, why is Cam the starter? Why were they still talking about Stidham? No, now you say, now you found out. Yeah. Um, the Titans are still 4-0, I believe. Yeah, the Titans are 4-0 because they just beat the Bills. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this is a, a – the AFC has potential there. But the top three teams I, I'm really just sticking to are the Seahawks, Chiefs, and Packers. Like – the Packers are about to go play the Buccaneers this upcoming Sunday, and I think that's going to be a very good game to watch. I think I think it's the Packers game. I think that's going to be a Packers W, and um, I think I think there's some fraudulent teams. I think there's some fraudulent teams. Like you just, want, just just throw the name out. I know what you want to do. I know what you want to do. When you say fraudulent team. Just throw that team name out. You know you know you want to do it. I think the Bears are oh, fraudulent oh. teams. Thought, thought thought you was going to say another. Don't, team. don't worry, I'm going to go up to that. I think the Bears are fraudulent. Um, I like, David like, I, like, I like Foles, but they had no offense. Like they got David, that- oh, David Montgomery is finally getting the, the work shares that he needed. They weren't giving it to him last season because they were trying to split the carries with Tariq mm-hmm. Cohen. With Tariq Cohen down, we're finally seeing the resurgence. Not even a resurgence because he was already there. We're finally seeing the trend upward pattern of David Montgomery finally showing that he can catch out the backfield. Yeah. And he's a, a workhorse. I mean, he's a workhorse. He could be a three-down back, and they finally give him the chance to be that. I agree. That, I agree, but they're so inconsistent on offense. Like, Allen Robinson is good, but they, they seem to rely solely on him. And if he's not open, they kind of can't get any down with downfield separation. Jimmy Graham comes and goes, but I think the Bears are fraudulent. <laughs> I think that Minnesota is fraudulently bad, if that makes any sense. You're saying that they have a chance to start being good soon? Because they're think, one and four. I think, they, I, think they, I think they've underachieved. And I think I th- they're better than their one and four record. I, I think, think they're. I think you're. I think you're confusing the Minnesota Vikings with the 49ers. No, the 49ers. 49ers just like are injury riddled, like to the, to the <laughs> core, like to the core. Like I'm pretty. I'm pretty much shocked that Kyle Shanahan isn't hurt either. But like, I think the Vikings have underachieved. But I think they're better than what their one and four record has shown that they are. Like they've played some teams tough. They've had some 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 tough L's. A lot of close games. A lot of close games, but Dalvin Cook is still the best. I think Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the league right now. If you give like losing Diggs hurts them like badly, it shows. Like, but you know Justin Justin Jefferson's solid right now. Even even is solid, and I think if Kirk Cousins can limit his mistakes and just put some points on the board. I think they can, they can start to try to move, make a move. Um, do I think that they're better than Chicago? Yes. Do I think that Chicago could probably outlast them because Minnesota's gotten off to such a terrible start? Yes. So I think Minnesota's fraudulently bad. We don't talk – I haven't talked about this enough. Another person that needs to get fired, like yesterday, Matt Patricia, it's, it's about that time, man. It's about that time. Matt Patricia needs to go. For a defensive guy, his defenses gets like blown out every week. Like it's time for him to hit the road. Um, Anthony Lynn, it's probably time for Anthony Lynn to hit the road too, man. Like the Chargers are good, but I think they're a fraudulent team. Like I think they're fraudulent, fraudulent, because Anthony Lynn had a win in New Orleans on Monday night. 
and and played so conservatively and tried not to lose. And that's that's what I got on Doug Peterson about, like for the for the Cincinnati game. Like you're playing, you're not playing to win. You're playing not to lose. And when you play not to lose, you generally don't win. So I think that Anthony Lynn, if they don't make any real progress, I think he's he's probably going to go. And of course, the Tennessee Titans are frauds. Wow. Frauds, 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 frauds. Buffalo was prepared to play a Thursday night game versus the Kansas City Chiefs, a much better team than the Tennessee Titans, and ended up playing on a Tuesday after the Titans have not practiced in two weeks. Yeah, I get, I get the Titans credit. They came out there and they won. But Buffalo was not prepared for Tennessee at all. And they had their schedule jerked around because 30 Titans were up in the infirmary coughing on each other. It's not fair. They need to kick the Titans out of the league. Wow. Tighten up? Yeah, tighten up in the hospital rooms. Mm-mm-mm. Is that what you're waiting for? Oh, I thought you was going to give them the homage that they deserve. No, no homage for them. Tell them to go get some soup. Mm, that's that's just downright. And a face mask. That's downright deplorable right there. Disrespectful I am, huh? I, I'm just glad we didn't have to bring up anything about the NFC East this week. Uh, oh, this is an NFC, NFC East free show today. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to have to discuss anything. I, I really like this. Uh, the only, thing I will, only thing we will say is uh, speedy recovery to Dak Prescott. Ah, uh, yes. That, yes, um, that was bad, nasty. bad injury. He, he that just was nasty. Proving my points to what we spoke about throughout the uh, offseason, why he deserved his money. But shout-outs to him. Uh, all prayers up. Hopefully he gets back in a speedy recovery. They say in four to six months. Hopefully he can make it three, four. Um, again, just prayers to him, his family. They've already gone through enough. Ho- hopefully this he can still get his deal done. Hopefully. You know, a lot of people was, were comparing Dak's injury to Gordon Hayward's injury. Um, of a couple of years ago, um, I can't even like that comparison because Gordon Hayward got paid before the injury. We we we've said this um, that we would we would kind of cape up for Dak Prescott more if he didn't play for the Cowboys. Oh, I do. I do. This is true. I would. I would. I would I cape up that. for Dak if he didn't. I, play I, the I like. I like all the Cowboys players that didn't play for the Cowboys because they got talent. They got talent. They got talent. <laughs> no offense to them. Like, we, they got talent. It's just they, hey, we, we play for the wrong team. Yeah, but, rooting for the wrong, wrong GM, wrong owner. But uh, definitely prayers at the Dak Prescott. Moving on, I know you want to talk a little bit about um, the NLCS and the ALCS. So, Jerry, what are your thoughts on uh, the Astros trying to make a comeback? Um, they're down; they were down three zero. They're trying to be the second team ever to win a series in the championship series down three zero. Um, the first team since the 04 Red Sox to do it. Um, and then the, 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 the Dodgers and the Braves, probably the two biggest choking teams of the past 20 years in the playoffs. One of them has to make it to the World Series. Well, I think the Braves are going to win that one. I can, I can say that. I think the Braves are going to win. The Braves are up 3-1. to one. I know the Dodgers had a phenomenal game mm. in game three where they had, a, I believe, an 11-0 run going into the, I the, like the first inning or something like that. It was phenomenal. But – I think that was the the best they could amount to because literally the next game they lost ten to two in game four and now they're down three one. So they would yeah. So game four, uh, Kershaw was 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 rolling had six solid innings pitch, and it kind of just started to unravel, and it just kind of came apart at the seams quickly. And the Astros, for all we talk about them, it's not like they weren't a good team. They just were cheaters. Yeah, they have the roster. Like let's not. Carlos Correa had a good game in game. Uh, what, what, what was last game five. game five? He had a good game in game five where he had that plays. He played here with the walk off home run. I mean, it's not like they have a bad team, they're just cheaters. And uh, I know a lot of people are going to be against they them. Che- no, winning, no, 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 they cheated in the they past. cheated. Yeah, they cheated in the past. This, we, don't, we don't know what they're doing this season. They, Wait, I, they probably are cheating, but we don't, we don't, we don't know what they're doing this season. Yeah, but right cool. now, I think they have a chance to really make a comeback against the, the Rays. The Rays, they started off strong, and right now they've been cooling off. I, I, maybe, hopefully, I, not listen. Even. Hopefully if, they win. If the Astros game win six. game six, game seven, they, they got the momentum. Mm-hmm. And then, right, I mean, right now, game six will be, as we're recording, game six is going to be today for both teams. And, well, game six will be today for the Astros and Rays. Game five will be for the Braves and the Dodgers. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm going to have to go. I'm, I, I think the Rays are going to close the game out. I think they're going to close it out. 
think they're going to take this game. They better because if, if, if Houston wins game six, Houston is going to win game seven. I'm looking at the Dodgers-Braves game. A lot of momentum is on the Braves, and you've already said they're both teams to choke. I just think the Dodgers are going to choke this one out a little bit more, and I think it's going to go to the Braves. I think, I think whoever wins out the – I think whoever comes out of the, the, uh, the NLCS, either the Dodgers or the Braves, I think they're losing in the World Series. Hmm. So, if <laughs> – I'm saying if Houston wins game six, they'll win game seven. If they win game seven, they'll win the AL, the AL pennant. And I think they'll beat whoever comes out the NL. The NL. So, I and mind you, the I Dodgers guess, was the team. I guess I, I got Houston winning. I guess I got Houston winning the World Series. And then mind you, imagine? the Dodgers. Right when we first did this, like when we first started, like that Dodgers was the team. I said when they had this, they were talking about doing the bubble, MLB or having this regulated shortened season. I said the Dodgers are the team to go to the uh, World Series. They they kind of proving me wrong right now, but if they do make it, I'm like, hey, I can still stick with the bed. World they World Series team, they got it. Can you, can you imagine after all the the scrutiny that the Astros went through, the whole cheating scandal, with everything else, and they win another World Series, and they win a World Series, yo, another one. I mean, An- another one. I just go a lot of trash talk from everyone, them, from <laughs> the, the fan base that was against them for cheating and getting caught, but now we'll be back with them because hey, we don't got to cheat to win. You know what I mean? It, who knows? Yeah, who it, it, knows? Could, it could happen. They will be going – they'll go out of the history for being a, a team that comes back from down 3-0. They'd be the second team ever to do it, and they – and so just like – another Sox, huge they, triumphant They would win the World Series. Because, like, I believe the margin for winning down 3-0 is about a 0.5 no, percent chance of ever doing that. Like, it's not a big, huge margin. Not a lot of – because nobody really does it. Mm. So, again, it just – would help stamp them and it'll help stamp the legacy and put them in the history books, but it won't get rid of the tarnish to their name as well. It'll just be another uh, that tarnish now will just become the asterisk that they're trying to put on this Lakers championship. That it, it goes there. That's what it would then be. We'll say Astros champions slash cheaters. So it's, it's, it's now, now instead of just be calling them cheaters, they'll be champions again slash cheaters. So uh, it's, the storylines, the headlines will be great though. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't wait. I, I'm actually rooting for that. Anything else we need to talk about? No, I'm done. I, I'm done. I don't want to go into any negatives. We've been talking. It's been a real positive show. A real positive show. One of our best positive shows so far. We were, we're going to end the show on the positive. We're, po- we're positive like the Tennessee Titans. <sighs> See, there we go. I'm going to end the show on positive mental attitude. That's how I'm going to end this show. Derek Hughes, positive mental attitude. There you go. Good job. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to episode number 44, Straight to the Point. Make sure you follow the show at STTP Podcast on all your favorite socials to know when we got new content and no notifications dropping for you. So make sure you turn on notifications on. If you listen through, to us through iTunes, please leave us a review if you like what you hear. Follow me on all your favorite socials. That's at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at Jadup Hughes. I know we've been a little slacking lately. I'm going to get the followers up. We got we're going to get the followers up. Make sure you tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. We, we got we our own personal goal. We're trying to get to 500 before episode 50. So that's, you know, y'all got to help us out. Our followers. It's at STTP Podcast. So let's get straight to the point. Let's get it. <laughs>